and welcome to Buffy and the Art of Story, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer rewatch podcast that recaps one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer at a time, focusing on the story elements, what works and very occasionally what doesn't. Today, though, I'll be talking about season six as a whole, specifically looking at Willow's character arc and asking whether she was the protagonist of the season. I am Lisa M. Lilly, mystery and thriller author and story expert. You can find my books on writing, my fiction, and the book editions of Buffy and the Art of Story at lisalilly.com. That's L-I-S-A-L-I-L-L-Y dot com. Unlike most episodes, I won't have a foreshadowing section today because I covered that in season six, episode 22, Grave. Okay, let's dive into the Hellmouth for the last time in season six. Season six aired starting on October 2, 2001 through May 21, 2000. So over 20 years ago, the season starts with an opening conflict. We see Buffy's friends, including Spike and the Buffy bot, but not Buffy fighting vampires in the graveyard. Willow stands on a grave monument high above everyone else and directs the fight. She's speaking in their heads. And this opening is so symbolic of so much of what's going to happen in the season. It draws us right in as viewers were a little bit confused because we know Buffy died in season five. We're seeing the bot, but we don't know for sure she is the Buffy bot. The fact that Willow is directing everything is part of what makes me think of her as the protagonist or main character for season six. She's clearly in charge here, and she clearly has a lot of power. We can see how much her magic and her use of magic has grown since season five ended. As you know, if you listen to the podcast, when figuring out who's the protagonist of a story, I looked at who has or pursues a goal actively throughout the story. And Willow does have that this season. The goal shifts, but she always has an active goal. First, it's to bring Buffy back from the dead. Then it's to try to fix things when she realizes how desperately unhappy Buffy is. Then it is to deal with Tara's opposition to Willow's magic. And there's also Giles' opposition early on. So an ongoing goal in the season is for Willow to deal with the reaction of other people to her power, to her magic, and to deal with the consequences of it that arise directly out of that magic as we see as we get near the middle of the season. And then, of course, her goal outwardly is to kill the geek trio to get revenge over Tara's death, but it is really to deal with the depths of her grief. So she definitely has an active goal this season in a way that Buffy does not. Buffy, for much of the season, 
has no overarching goal, except that every day a goal for her is to just get through the day and stay there. And that is an important goal. That's a really big deal for Buffy. It's also part of what makes the season challenging because while that is so difficult when you're in the depths of depression and that can be a huge achievement just to get through that day or the next moment it is difficult to make that compelling in a show like Buffy that often is quite action-oriented or shows emotional journeys through action. The second prong, first there's the active goal, then there's who is the main point of view character and who has the most at stake. Both Buffy and Willow are struggling with forces that could kill them. Buffy almost kills her friends in Normal Again, and in a sense, while Normal Again, she's not contemplating dying physically in Normal Again, but the result, if she went back into the world of her parents and the psych ward would be in essence to die in the world of the Buffyverse. So there's a lot at stake there for Buffy, not to mention in any of her fights, she could just let herself get killed. Willow's life is on the line as well. The reason I see Willow as having more at stake is Buffy already at the beginning of season six has lost much of herself and she eventually gets that back. So that is big stakes, who Buffy is, Buffy's identity, but she is in essence struggling to regain something, regain her identity, regain her sense of self, where Willow has this very strong sense of self in the beginning that is challenged and broken down and is changing and that she is losing and Willow tries to end the entire world which is big stakes for everybody of course but she is the one primarily moving that so I think the big stakes question falls a little on Willow's side. As I was outlining this episode I thought that most of it was in Willow's point of view, or at least more of it than Buffy's. But as I went through this season, I'm not sure that's true. So I'll talk about that a little bit more later, but that raises a bit of a question for me now. Is Willow really the protagonist? My initial thought was for this episode was to show why she is. Now I am asking the question. Around 10% through any story, if not sooner, typically we'll see a story spark or inciting incident. It's a moment that gets the main plot rolling, usually a conflict. For the season, right around 10% through, Dawn brings the newly revived Buffy home. This is after that moment between Dawn and Buffy at the end of Bargaining Part 2, where Buffy asks Dawn, is this hell? And Dawn says, no, you're home with me. I see that moment as for Buffy, the story spark, Buffy's recognition that she is home and how horrible home seems to her. The fact that it seems like hell. For Willow, I think it comes a bit later, which does put it right about 10%, so a little bit past the beginning of the third episode, and it's when Willow returns 
home encounters Buffy. She and the gang saw Buffy earlier in the street. Buffy was clearly not herself. She seemed really distraught, almost wild and feral, but now they're home. Buffy seems, at least appearance-wise, Dawn has helped her change clothes, cleaned her up a little. Buffy is now quiet, and she's not outwardly frightened of everything. And this is when the gang, and Willow in particular, really take in how much Buffy has changed and that she's back because they walk in the house still kind of arguing about that. And this to me sets off Willow's arc. She achieved her first goal, bring Buffy back, but something is very, very wrong. She senses it. She's in denial about it, but she knows it on some level. Giles and Willow have their big blow up not long after this in the season. That is a huge moment for Willow because she thought Giles would congratulate her on bringing Buffy back. And she was so excited to tell him about it and share with him. And instead, he is telling her how dangerous it was what she did and how arrogant she was to do it. All of these things, too, make me think of Willow as more of the protagonist for the season than Buffy. Buffy is sitting out on the porch overhearing things. She's not in the thick of the conflict. But about one quarter through the season, where often we'll see the first major plot turn in a story, we are immersed in Buffy's perspective. Because the episode that's a quarter way through is Life Serial, where Buffy is trying one thing after another to try to get, again, some semblance of a normal life. And the one quarter turn, which could happen a bit later, that first major plot turn, typically comes from outside of the protagonist. And it spins the story in a new direction and raises the stakes. So the opening conflict brings us into the story, the story spark sets the main plot off, and then that first plot turn spins the protagonist around, and the protagonist typically is reacting to that plot turn and dealing with it up to the middle of the story when they should take the reins more and be far more active. So here, it seems like that one quarter point is all about Buffy, and it comes from outside of her. The geek trio is thwarting her constantly, throwing things at her, making her life more difficult, and she doesn't know who they are, why it's happening, or what is going on. And there is a lot of focus on what is Buffy going to do with her life? How is she going to cope going forward? This does thwart Willow as well because her goal now is to try to make sure that Buffy is adjusting well, which isn't only about caring about her friend, though I'm sure Willow does. It's partly she wants to show that Giles is wrong, that that bringing Buffy back was unquestionably a wonderful, fantastic thing to do. And I think that Willow has some underlying fears about that. So seeing Buffy happy again, pushing Buffy to be happy is important to Willow, but I'm not sure 
it is the same sort of major plot turn as it is for Buffy. Willow gets more of a turn in her season arc in All the Way. That is the Halloween episode where Dawn takes off. And when they're looking for her, Tara and Willow have a really big fight over magic. If you remember, Willow is going to shift everyone who wasn't a teenage girl or a preteen girl into another dimension in the bronze to try to make it easy to find Dawn. And and Tara is just shocked and appalled. And then Willow uses a forgetting spell to make Tara forget about the fight. So this doesn't quite fit that first major plot turn idea because it isn't really outside of Willow. It, it comes from Willow. Willow's use of magic first to hunt for Dawn and then to make Tara forget, though you could see Tara's reaction from Willow's perspective coming from out of the blue. At the very least, when Tara says, you're using too much magic, they may have had this discussion before, but this seems to be the first time it escalates to this point where they seem on the verge of breaking up. So this to Willow may seem like it comes out of nowhere. But the really big turn for Willow and for Buffy is the musical episode. And I see it as more of a turn in Willow's story because this truly comes from outside of her. She discovers because of the demon's truth-telling spell that Buffy was in heaven, that Buffy was happy and at peace, and she learns how hard it has been for Buffy. And that look on her face at the end of the musical episode shows us how stricken she is. I see that as that first major turn in Willow's story, because now she is going to double down on magic First, to try to fix things, to try to fix Buffy, but maybe, maybe not first and second, maybe at the same time to try to make herself feel better by using more and more and more magic, which she does in Tabula Rasa when she tries to wipe out Buffy's memories and Tara's again, because Tara found out about the forgetting spell as well. So in Tabula Rasa, Willow tries to wipe out Buffy's unhappy memories and Tara's as well and in the process wipes out all of their memories. The middle of season six happens a bit beyond what I see as the midpoint of Willow's arc. The episode smashed and wrecked what I think of as the rack episodes, Rack and Amy episodes are, I want to say 10 and 11. So just coming up to the middle of the 22 episode season arc. And I think these do serve as midpoints for Willow. Typically at the midpoint of any story, the protagonist either suffers a major reversal or makes a major commitment to the quest, throws caution to the wind, goes all in, or both. And here, Willow suffers a major reversal. First, she kind of goes all in on magic by going back to Rex over and over and by taking Dawn with her. 
Then there is this huge reversal when this demon that Willow thinks is just in her head is real and breaks Dawn's arm and almost kills her. And Buffy finds out, of course. And Buffy is so angry at Willow. She does ultimately try to comfort her, but uh, it's a really difficult moment. Willow admits that she needs help, that she can't handle what has become a magic addiction on her own so that is a commitment and I think a bigger commitment than the one of going to Rex because I see that as driven by this magic addiction not entirely in Willow's control maybe not at all in her control it's hard to say but it is less of a choice on her part where admitting her addiction and then Skipping forward a few episodes at the end of Double Meat Palace, she tells Amy to leave her alone, that she cannot be around Amy. That's after Amy dosed her without her consent with magic. Looking at all that together, very strong midpoint for Willow. And there isn't a very strong midpoint for Buffy. Right after that, we have gone where she turns invisible and briefly enjoys her vacation from reality, from being herself. At the end, Buffy recognizes that she does want to live, but it's hard to call it a major commitment because it is so muted and so gradual. Now, when looking at major plot points, we do have to think about where the characters are. So for Buffy, that could be a major commitment. That could be the absolute most that she can do. But the gradual and sort of muted nature of it makes it harder to see her as the protagonist. And part of why I'm not sure Buffy made that major commitment is because in Dead Things, she's ready to go away to jail and I think Dawn might be right. Part of it is Buffy still really does not want to be there. Yes, she feels horrible because she thinks she killed Katrina, but the I'm going to turn myself in and go to jail for life seems to come more out of her continued depression and continued feeling of really not being there or not wanting to be there. Then there's Buffy's birthday, older and far away. Before that, she does have another sort of reversal when Tara tells her there's nothing wrong with her. Buffy thought she came back wrong and that might be why she got involved with Spike. Tara tells her she's fine and this is a reversal because Buffy wanted an explanation maybe not just for Spike but for all the ways she does not feel like herself. In Older and Far Away she seems to be doing better just having shared with Tara and that episode is mainly about her and Dawn. Then there's As You Were when Riley comes back. Buffy does make something of a commitment there by breaking up with Spike, not out of anger, but out of trying to do what is good for both of them. The next episodes also are not really about Willow, so this is where I'm starting to think, okay, the point of view issue doesn't really favor Willow over Buffy. It's somewhat evenly split. There may even be more Buffy. Certainly the Riley episode is about Buffy. Hell's Bells is the next one, and that's about Xander's wedding. We do see both Buffy's point of view and Willow's point of view, but as best I remember, a little bit more of Buffy's. 
And then there's normal again, which is primarily Buffy's point of view, where she flashes back and forth from the psych ward. Willow is important to it. She is the one who gets Spike and Xander out there to get the antidote, who then makes the antidote twice, but it is very Buffy-focused. And that makes me think that... It is the whole gang that is the protagonist. I talked about this with one of the episodes as well. It certainly can work better to have a group as protagonist for an entire show or an entire season. So I don't think it's inherently problematic to have the Scooby gang, Buffy and her friends, be a sort of group protagonist, but it is definitely a different kind of story than seasons one through five. So those of us who love one through five the most, it is probably in part because I like having one protagonist for the season. I don't mind some episodes that focus on one character or another, but I like Buffy being the protagonist. I like following her. I do like Willow's arc a lot in this season as well. Well, I take that back. (laughs) I don't love Willow's arc in this season for the reasons I've talked about. I had issues with the magic as addiction metaphor, but I really like Willow. I have nothing against Willow being the season protagonist. But now that I'm breaking this down, it probably is more that I do prefer for there to be one character who is more clearly the protagonist. We could have primarily Willow and then a lot of Buffy too, or vice versa. But it, it, as with some of the individual episodes, feels like a bit of a muddle as I look at this. I got behind on my email and notifications for the last uh, several months of last year, so I missed some YouTube comments. There were quite a few from Raven Dark Author, and thank you so much, Raven Dark, for continuing to engage with the podcast and share your thoughts. I'm going to share one that plays into this season as well. These are about season five. Specifically, this one is about the body. I had commented on Buffy's fight with the vampire at the end when she's in the morgue with Joyce's body. First, the vampire attacks Dawn and Buffy has to get in and fight it off. And Raven Dark says, my impression of the vampire's purpose was that it's a metaphor for Buffy's job, its presence showing how one's job doesn't stop or wait while you grieve. When we lose someone, we still have to live our lives, go back to work and deal with the hard stuff. A job doesn't care what you're feeling, it just keeps coming. I love this comment for so many reasons. One, I agree. I I think that is what Buffy having to fight that vampire does. It's a great observation because the rest of the episode, Giles at first thinks Glory has done something when Buffy calls him to come over. But other than that reference, the whole episode is about, for lack of a better word, a mundane death, a human death. It's it's something horrible and it's unexpected, but it's not caused by a supernatural force. And most of the episode could be about this loss and about Buffy, whether she was the slayer or not. And there are those moments in the immediate aftermath of tragedy 
where briefly that is the case. You you are focused entirely on dealing with whatever it is, but then life intrudes again and so quickly life just keeps going and you have to keep dealing with it and Buffy has to fight that vampire. And that resonates with season six as well. In fact, it might be the whole theme of season six. Buffy is grappling with being brought back from the dead And with all those feelings she had left from season five of the loss of her mother and the choices she had to make and how hard everything was then, now she's back, never having dealt with a lot of that in in any great depth because there was never time or space for her to do that. And she still has to pay bills and make repairs to the house and try to see that Dawn is taken care of and all these things. And it's unrelenting in the way that that vampire fight was. If you remember, there was no music in that episode. And the soundtrack of the fight was very visceral in a way that it typically is not in the other Buffy episodes, just these thuds and thunks and it symbolized how that must feel to Buffy and that is a lot of how season six feels and feels to her over and over having to do these things when she does fight in season six she rarely seems to enjoy it except when she has lost her memory and she's Joan the vampire slayer I'm not saying Buffy thought being a slayer was a laugh a minute but we did see over the years it's hard there are many downsides clearly And she did like being able to fight. She did want to continue more than once. She actively felt that she valued being the slayer and would not really want to go back to being someone who could not fight that fight anymore. But in season six, it feels like such a burden. And I think that is very similar to that fight at the end of The Body. Thank you again, Raven Dark, for your comments. Anyone can share their comments on YouTube, or you can email me at buffystorypod at gmail.com, or comment on Instagram or Twitter, where you can find me at Lisa M. Lily. And that's L-I-S-A, M as in Marie, L-I-L-L-Y. When you have a group or a society or an entity as protagonist, the way to make that work is typically to have a clear viewpoint character or characters who stand in for that group or who act for it. And that's another thing because here Willow is antagonistic to the group as is Buffy some of the time so it's harder to see the group as the protagonist of season six because a lot of it is Buffy or Willow being at odds with one another or being odds at odds with the Scooby gang that can be really interesting storytelling too it's not what I go to Buffy for but I do know people who love season six and that may be exactly what they love about it it is more complicated and there are many more gray areas there and sometimes I like that as well but in Buffy I like the more clear protagonist and defined conflicts throughout 
Some of these episodes, after Willow has asked for help, she does have a continuing storyline where she is gradually adjusting to life without magic and finding ways to help fight evil without it, like in Double Meat Palace, where she comes in, helps Buffy kill the demon without using any spells. Same thing in Normal Again, and she helps in Gone by using her computer skills. And she gradually regains ground with Tara. So Willow's story is not dropped during those episodes. It's just not in the forefront. Entropy, where everyone finds out about Buffy and Spike and everyone sees Anya and Spike having sex, focuses on Anya and Xander primarily, but also on Spike and Buffy. Willow is there as well. She feels a bit left out that she didn't know about Buffy and Spike, but it's not primarily her story. So more of that mix. We are well beyond three quarters through the season when we get to the last major turn for Willow, and it is Warren shooting Tara. The last major plot turn in a story typically grows out of that midpoint commitment or reversal and spins the story yet again, sometimes raising the stakes further. The reason it's important for it to grow out of that midpoint is that the protagonist should be active. It shouldn't be just something that comes from outside and spins the story and the protagonist reacts. It should be a turn, but follow from the protagonist's actions because we want the protagonist to be active from the middle of the story on not just active, but be driving the story. I'm not sure if that is the case here. It is if rather than seeing the turn, and I think this is right, rather than seeing the turn as Warren shooting Tara, it is Willow's reaction that is the turn because she immediately, almost immediately, her eyes go black. She calls out to Osiris to bring Tara back. Though Willow has not been using magic for quite some time, that is where she goes immediately and that turns the story. From then on, Willow is driving the story forward using magic with the aim, once she can't bring Tara back, with the aim of getting revenge. Now I'm going to revise my thought on the turn again, because the turn really might be Osiris saying, no, this is a human-caused death. You can't bring her back. All of that happens very quickly, so however, whatever point you pick out, it definitely turns the story. Now Willow is dealing with her grief by avoiding it, using magic to get revenge, and it raises the stakes because it puts the world at stake and it puts who Willow is at stake. And in that sense, it does grow from the midpoint, both the reversal and the commitment, because Willow had that reversal going to Rax diving into the magic world and then the danger to Dawn that resulted, she knows how much power she has. Her power really grew. Her ability to tap into magic grew and she saw how devastating it could be for those around her, but she is going forward here anyway. She has the power and she is going forward anyhow. And the rest of the episodes, there are only three of them 
deal with that storyline. That is also why season six as a whole arc for me falters a bit because we don't have that last major turn until really close to the end of the season. So those episodes between the middle and now, there are some great ones in there and there are many moments, even in the ones I don't love, that are so striking and so moving, but as a whole, the story feels a bit flat. This turn, though, is huge. Despite the fight between Willow and Giles, I don't think I expected that Willow would take this much of a turn. Even when Dawn ended up getting hurt, it was a byproduct of Willow using too much magic. Willow was not trying to hurt Dawn. Now, she is actively going to kill Warren and then move on to Andrew and Jonathan and not care that her friends might get killed in the process. There's more than once that she knows that could happen and it doesn't stop her. I'm not surprised that she and Giles have a final confrontation because in the beginning, Giles has that argument with her and he is the strongest one standing in opposition to her. Not that he's trying to oppose her, he's trying to warn her, but it's a huge conflict. It makes sense that they come back to this at the end and that it's essentially the same issue. It is using magic responsibly. Willow sees it as Giles coming in and being hypocritical and telling her, you can't use magic, but I can. In the end, though, it is about how magic is used and what kind of magic, because Giles talks with Anya about where the magic comes from. And Willow's was coming from a place of rage and grief and vengeance and Giles brought her magic that came from a better place, uh, a place of nature, a place with nurturing and caring for people. And that is the difference, not, hey, I can use magic, but you can't. Though not all of that is expressly stated, it is there in the subtext, and it is a great full circle for the Willow and Giles arc and for Willow's magic arc. And then, of course, the climax itself for the season shows the power of connection and emotion and love. I see the season's climax as starting with that fight between Willow and Giles because we had to come back to that and it sets off the events that lead to the climax of the finale where Xander intervenes to stop Willow from raising that temple and destroying the world. Giles doses Willow. That gives Willow the power to do that. I don't think he knew that part was going to happen. Then she makes that choice to use that power, at least her goal, is ending the world. And Xander, now representing the gang, representing the protagonist, steps in and helps Willow grieve and reconnect with herself and let go of the vengeance long enough so that she can be herself and feel all that pain. 
This also sharply contrasts early in the season when we saw Willow go and cut that fawn's throat. That was the moment that told us Willow had gone to a dark place. Before that, we just see Willow, of course, wanting to bring her friend back, and she knows how to do it. She is sure she has the power to do it, and it's almost like, why wouldn't she? There's opposition from Xander, there's questions, but there isn't a suggestion that Willow herself is dark, although Tara tells us this is magic that really shouldn't be done. All Willow's intentions seem pure, but she has to kill that fawn to get that blood. We see what it does to her, and from that point on, she keeps going down this path, and now Xander brings her back, reconnects her to her friends, to herself, to love, despite all the pain that that sometimes brings with it. There isn't much in the way of falling action for the season. We get those scenes with Buffy and Dawn. We get Willow and Xander hugging and crying. But I feel like that's not too unusual in Buffy. We don't usually get in the finale a lot of falling action because there's so much going on, so much ground to be covered, and we get just a little bit enough to make us think about what might be coming for the next season, and then the season ends. And that is where I will end this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and this season. Come back in two weeks for a bonus episode. It's the one I promised you before. I am editing it today. It is from Wolfram and Cast, the Angel podcast. Host Stephen Yunkin will cover the Angel episode, Blind Date. Two weeks after that, Buffy and the Art of Story will return with Season 7, Episode 1, Lessons, where Buffy helps Dawn fight vampires and start high school, and young women and girls are getting killed all over the world. If you enjoyed this episode of Buffy and the Art of Story, please rate or review it wherever you listen to podcasts, tell a friend about it, or share it on social media. You can find back episodes on YouTube or at lisalilly.com, where you can also find my mysteries and thrillers and the Buffy and the Art of Story books. Music for this episode was written and performed by Robert Newcastle. Buffy and the Art of Story is a production of Spiny Woman, LLC, copyright 2023. All rights reserved.